0: it. Cause we're crying behind sunglasses. Hey, 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 sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm your host, Kayla Dahl, and welcome to a mental health podcast for cool people. If you're new around here, come on in, grab a little matcha latte cozy on up with your sweater. It's almost the holidays. I'm so excited to have you here. And if you are back, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for putting up with me randomly taking a few months off because I just didn't have enough capacity to put out a new episode. Oops. But guess what? I'm here. The thing is, when I started this show, I made a promise myself and to you, my sonnies, that I would never get on the mic and share anything if I wasn't feeling it. At least until someone is paying me to do this show, then, you know, it's a job and I'll do it, but I'll still always be honest about my feelings, right? And I kept that promise, which meant me taking off time to heal. Just when I thought that I was done healing, it's, it's, it's never ending. But you know what? I've reached a new, a new level right? And I have discovered a lot of new things about what I want to do with my time here on this planet, you know? So this episode, I guess, is a little bit of a life update, but I also want to get into trust, right? And taking that break actually meant I had to trust in myself that I would know when it was time to return. And it also meant that I trusted you all, that you would be here. So thank you. Before we get into all the fun, juicy stuff, as you know, this is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I am not a doctor, at least not yet. Please reach out to a doctor or dial 988 from the United States for the National Suicide Hotline. Also, trigger warning, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing some pretty heavy topics related to sexual abuse, domestic violence, trauma, and self-harm. And my favorite, well, one of my favorite authors, as we know, Brene Brown. We love her. We're going to be going over the seven elements of trust that she outlined, which are so helpful, not only for building romantic relationships, but also for friendships, business partnerships, family members, everything. It's mind-blowing the different seven elements that you really need to be able to build a healthy trusting relationship which is for me has been very helpful after healing from traumatic situations is learning to trust again instead of closing myself off to love right i'm also going to be going over those big career changes coming up and some exciting news for you as a listener I have been volunteering with Peace Over Violence, which is a nonprofit in LA that runs a domestic violence and sexual assault hotline, as well as a lot of other services for survivors. So, we'll be getting into that. Like I was saying before, in order to move up to the next level of my personal journey, I have been working on trust. And Brene Brown has a great TED talk on this. I will be sure to link it in the description, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, she talks about the definition of trust. So I'll read this for you. Trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Think about that for a minute. It's you are putting yourself out there fully understanding that this person could hurt you, but you're okay with it. What does that mean, right? That takes a lot of courage. That takes what some people might call bravery. And so Brene, she came up with this acronym called braving. Like as if brave could be a word or a verb. <laughs> B-R-A-V-I-N-G. Braving. And it is, it's brave to trust. Because people change people make mistakes, right? Even if someone has the best of intentions and they do want to treat you the right way, they're going to fuck up at one point, right? But that's also part of this acronym that she gave. Figuring out if you can trust someone, here are some guidelines. B. Boundaries. So, are you able to set boundaries? And is that person able to respect those boundaries? That's really important. R, reliability, being consistent over time, being clear on our commitments so that we don't let people down. And also vice versa. This, all of these things that I'm going to talk to you about, this is stuff that goes both ways. So it doesn't count as reliability if they're the one that's always showing up for you or you're the one who's always showing up for them it's gotta be both, right? So if you're the one that always shows up on time, but they cancel your plans half the time, that's not reliable. A is accountability, taking accountability for mistakes. This is huge. So like I was saying before, basically we're, we're human we're going to fuck up. We're going to make mistakes. That is part of life, right? But learning to take accountability, taking responsibility for your mistakes, owning it, making amends, and then doing better in the future, that's the way that we can get towards trust. And I would argue, honestly, that a perfect friendship or a perfect relationship where no mistakes have ever been made, the trust isn't as strong because I haven't been able to see what happens when something goes wrong. Being able to work through that with someone, it strengthens that relationship. So we've got B, boundaries. R, reliability. A, accountability. Now we're at V, the vault. So the vault is basically kind of the circle of trust, if you will. And what I'm sharing, you're going to hold in confidence and vice versa. This is pretty obvious. I mean, I don't know if I have to really go into it, but it's mostly just if you tell someone that you aren't going to divulge their secrets, then keep it to your damn self. How about that? And also, I think the deeper level of this, which isn't just about the fault between you and another person is the concept of gossip. So if a friend talks to you and says, Oh, well, I heard so-and-so's going through a breakup and their partner cheated and this, that, and the other. That is them violating the vault that they had with that other person. And that means that I or you, or the royal you, whatever, it means you can't trust them, right? And also it means that it's not really a deep friendship if the two of you spend most of your time just gossiping about other people. You're you're building a friendship that is just kind of based on scandal and gossip. It's not based on a real deep connection. It's actually a lack of vulnerability. You're not letting that person in. You're just sitting there eating your popcorn and talking shit about everyone else you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love some hot gossip here and there, okay? I might be a total hypocrite in this, but I think that it can't be the only element of your relationship, and the things that you're gossiping about should not be things that someone has told you in confidence, you know because you're violating that trust. you are. and really I mean we shouldn't be gossiping at all if we're trying to be saintly type of people but listen it's a, it's a vice like anything else. Sometimes I want to have a glass of wine. sometimes I want to talk shit about people. but do it carefully. So um, we did the vault. I gave some questionable advice about gossip. Now we are on to I. For integrity. So, choosing courage over fear is what Brene Brown talks about when we talk about integrity. Choosing right over wrong. Practicing your values. So, I want you to think about that. Think about what are your values? What is your character as a person? How do you want to show up in the world? And how can you make your words and your actions reflect that? And how can you choose to do what's right instead of what's comfortable? How can you decide to be brave and have courage instead of hiding in fear? We're going to go into the next letter. So we've got B-R-A-V-I-N-G. We're N, which is non-judgment. We have to do this practice of non-judgment, not only with others, but with ourselves. So don't judge yourself or others for needing help, which brings us to G, which is generosity, giving people grace or giving people the benefit of the doubt, right? G for generosity. So we've got boundaries, reliability, accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. I'll throw that in the show notes because it's a lot. It's very dense, but I found it to be really helpful, you know, and obviously we can't hit all seven all of the time, but it's nice to take a look and see if any of these resonate with you and if you'd be able to strengthen one of these elements in your primary relationships that you have in your life, that would be a huge difference and it would make a big impact on your ability to trust and your own personal mental health, which that's basically it. I mean, I've been on a lifelong journey, discovering, figuring out how to manage my uniquely wired brain. And that will always continue. And that's why I do this show because I want to help you as well. And maybe if I talk about whatever is going on, With me, you might feel less alone. Or when I interview other people with their experiences, people who've had experiences different from yours, but there's always going to be some sort of universal human truth within there that you'll be able to resonate with. That's my promise to you. So life updates, personal updates, what y'all really came here for, right? I took time off. I've been reflecting and... This should come as a surprise to no one, but I've decided to go back to school to get my MFT. What is an MFT? It is a (laughs) marriage... I can't even say it. It's a master's in marriage and family therapy. So I am planning to go back to school starting, hopefully, in fall of 2023 and do a two-year program plus... 3,000 supervised hours, and after that, guess what? I will no longer be an unlicensed internet therapist. I will be a licensed real therapist. That's crazy, right? That's wild. Who would have thunk? Now, for all of the questions that are flying through your head. Are you quitting acting and podcasting and filmmaking? No. You will have to take this microphone away from my cold, dead hands, Obviously, I'm still podcasting. Obviously, I can still do a mental health podcast because I'm going to be a therapist. It's kind of on brand, duh. But uh, yeah, I see it as a bigger vision. I don't see myself just taking private clients and doing that and not performing anymore. I'm seeing it as a bigger picture thing. You know, I've always been a woman who does many things at once. I've held many different kinds of jobs, whether that's filmmaking, acting, podcasting, producing, video editing, teaching yoga. I worked in retail. I've worked in restaurants. I've walked dogs. I could go on. Not exciting. But my main point is I like to be doing a bunch of different things. So I think what the bunch of different things will look like once I am finished with school would be that I still have this podcast going and growing and thriving and we have an online community somewhere, whether that's, I mean, right now we have it on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash group slash crying behind pod. Please join. It's such a lovely community, but I want to have something that's not under the reign of Mark Zuckerberg. So... I would love to build something uh, that's a paid model, low cost, that we can do on Patreon or Discord or something like that. I tried to do it last year and failed miserably, but that's because of other reasons. So we're going to do it right. We're going to do it at some point in 2023. I'll let you know. For now, like I said, you can go join that group or you can hit me up on social media, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk about that later. So we're going to have the podcast and the community, and I'll be taking some private clients, and I will do a movie or two a year as an actress or a producer because I started performing at age nine, and it's just something that will always be in me. It's inescapable. I'm a performer. I love doing it. That's where we're at. And I think as a bonus, because I'm getting an MFT, one of the reasons I'm doing it, in addition to be able to actually provide real therapy to people in real life, is so that I can be more educated and I can write books because I feel like I want to be more of an authority on the subject of mental health. And for me personally, I have more respect for someone in this field if they have had the proper education so that they can uh, speak with some sort of authority on it, right? Because as of now, I'm mostly been reading a million self-help books and going through my own healing journeys and sharing them with you, which I will continue to do, but I want to have that education, you know? So I'm really excited about where things are going and I appreciate all of you giving me that space to grow, and I don't think that I would have ever come to this conclusion or this idea for something in my life without having done this show. And it just makes sense. It just makes sense. We've got the holidays coming up. Would you like the perfect gift that is always the perfect size and will make everyone happy? What about something for your stressed out mom or your friend who needs to sleep better? yeah, you know what I'm going to say. It's CBD from Papa and Barkley. Papa and Barkley is a wonderful company that I've been so happy to partner with almost the entire time I've been doing this show. They have topicals, creams, tinctures, edibles, you name it. They're always coming out with new products. Everything is ethically sourced and grown, uh, and their products are very high quality. So... My personal favorite is a massage oil. It has essential oils like rosemary and mint, and it's very relaxing to use by yourself or with a partner. So go to PapaandBarclay.com, use code CRYING, that's C-R-Y-I-N-G, use code CRYING for 20% off your order. PapaandBarclay.com. The first big step that I've taken towards going back to school is that I have been volunteering at an organization called Peace Over Violence. It is a nonprofit in LA, and they help survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. This was a huge step for me in my healing journey was to go from being in therapy, being in group therapy, crying over everything that happened to me processing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to where I finally felt the need to help others. The only thing I can equate it to really is like, it's a burn victim running back into a house that's on fire, trying to pull other people out. That's what I feel like I'm doing. So I went through an eight week, 80 hour training in order to become a counselor advocate. So that means that once a week I am on their hotline for domestic violence and sexual assault, and I take those calls, completely anonymous calls. And they are people some in and around the L.A. area. Like there's a national hotline, but that number routes directly to wherever is the local organization that runs the hotline in your area, right? There's certain questions people have asked me and that's one of them is like, how does it all work, right? So they actually route the calls to my cell phone and I take them from home. And then the other part of it is that if at any point during my shift, there is a survivor who needs an accompaniment at a hospital or a police station, I've also been trained to do that. And I have been sent out one time in person to a hospital. And that was a life-changing experience for me. And I remember driving to that hospital, (laughs) scared shitless, because I thought to myself, this woman has no idea that this is my first time doing this. And all they tell you is the age and gender of the survivor and a vague idea of what might have happened to them. That's it. And so the reason that there's an advocate there and the reason it's so important for someone to have an advocate is that it's someone who is not a cop, not a nurse, not a doctor, just someone who's there who is emotional support and can tell them about their rights. That's really important. And at least in California, uh, there are a lot of victims rights laws in place where basically, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when you go to file a police report or to get a rape kit done, you have the right to have an advocate there for you. And I was really honored to provide that service for this woman. Um, I had been doing it on the hotline for a few weeks before this happened, luckily. Um, I started my training at Peace Over Violence in August started on the hotline in the beginning of October. And the training was very intensive. You know, they educated us all about trauma and different populations and the statistics of domestic violence and sexual assault, how to talk to people about it, what we are supposed to do on the hotline. And we did a lot of role playing where we were, uh, basically doing practice runs of answering various types of calls that come into uh, their hotline. So that was all really difficult, but really helpful. And a few basic rules of what we do on the hotline is the person who calls needs to, spe- needs to be speaking about 80% of the time, which as you could imagine for me, maybe might be hard because I talk so much, but actually when, when I'm in that role, it I like to just sit back and listen. So that's one is just letting them talk for 80% of the time. And then the second part is validating their feelings and making sure they're safe so they can talk to you in that moment and just listening. I would say most of the people who call the hotline, they call because they can't talk to their friends or family about whatever it is that happened to them or they feel that they can't. And they are desperately, desperately looking for a human connection. And they want that connection to be someone who is a stranger, who's compassionate. So that's what I do. And it's volunteer work. If you're interested in getting involved with Peace Over Violence or donating to them, I will put their link below in the description, etc. And the work that they do is really incredible because it's not just the hotline. They also provide free or low-cost counseling. They help uh, women and other survivors to find housing or figure out job situations. They do a lot. They do a lot of really beautiful work. So I'm really proud to be a part of that. And I started that volunteer work not only as part of my own personal journey, but like I said, as a stepping stone to go back to school because I didn't have any mental health stuff on my resume other than this podcast. So now I am getting experience in the field and I'm seeing if it is actually for me. And after that giant tangent, which wasn't a tangent, I will go back to the story of me going on my first accompaniment, which I can't really reveal a ton of details about the woman because uh, I've signed a million NDAs and I cannot violate anyone's personal privacy or rights. So I won't be telling you her story. But what I will be telling you is emotionally how it felt for me to be able to be there for her um, and just like vague general details of what it's like when someone goes in to get a rape kit done. So I remember driving to this hospital, scared shitless, like I said. It was nighttime, Uh, not too late, but, you know, nighttime. And I was scared not because of a hospital or anything like that. I was scared because it was my first time doing this and I had no idea how I would be able to hold it together and give her all the correct information, refer her to the right resources and also just be a good listener, right? And hold space. So, I showed up to the hospital and basically In general terms, when someone goes to get a rape kit done, they show up at the hospital and there is a forensic interview where the nurses or doctors will ask a lot of questions about the incident and the survivor as well as the perpetrator. So they went through all of that and then they have to do the actual rape kit, which is basically, it's kind of like going to the gynecologist, you know? Um, but way, way, way more invasive uh, and traumatic because they have to, well, everything is done with um, with consent of the survivor. So if there's any part of the exam that the survivor doesn't want to do, they don't have to. But if you do the full thing, they do take close-up photos of the bruises and the genitalia and all of the different things uh, in addition to swabs they swab all different parts of the body anywhere they might be able to find dna and that's basically it so i showed up in the middle of the forensic interview and uh what struck me immediately was that this person was so grateful to have me there and she trusted me immediately and Again, not going to share the details of her situation because I'm still walking this sticky tightrope figuring out how to talk about these things so that I can share my experience in the right way. But I feel like it's come full circle for me because I saw that I didn't really need to do much. I just needed to hold space. And I just needed to be myself. And this role as a helper, as a therapist, as uh, an advocate, it comes very naturally to me. I don't need to work really hard at it. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I need to just let go and do less, right? So I was with her during the forensic interview. And then she uh, wanted me to come into the exam room, which I thought was very surprising and trusting they kind of put me in a corner to where I couldn't really see anything that was going on but she was talking to me during the whole time the exam was being done and then when they were done with the exam we had some minutes alone where I was able to reiterate what her rights are get her information so we get her into the system at the nonprofit, and also um, just reassure her that seeking help is such a brave thing to do And reaching out when you are in crisis is such a difficult thing, especially when you have been in an abusive situation. And I know how scary it can be to raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm actually not okay. Not only am I not okay, but I'm in a really shitty situation and I can't fix this by myself. I need help. Right? So... It was beautiful to just connect with her and to let that be what it was. So, hopefully, I was able to tell all of that in a way that makes sense. I'm still trying to make sense of it, but I remember leaving the hospital and thinking to myself, wow, I feel so euphoric right now, which is so weird because. It was an awful situation. I mean, I sat there and cried with her, but I think the euphoria came from that. I knew I had made a difference in one person's life that day, like a big difference. And so being of service. I recommend it to anyone. You don't have to do what I'm doing. What I'm doing is very intense and it's not for everyone, but I do recommend find some way to volunteer in your community, whether that is at a, um, a shelter for the homeless or animals or, you know, just at your local soup kitchen. There are a lot of ways to give back. And if you are capable. You have enough time on your hands. You don't have to donate any money. You can donate your time and it will actually help you to feel better in your brain and in your heart because you are advancing society as a whole. So that's my little soapbox about volunteering. And I hope that you I would say I hope you enjoyed that story because it's not exactly like a cheerful story, but it's my life, right? So what else did I want to tell you? I think I wanted to let you know that I'm back. We got a little bit of housekeeping. I have one interview that I recorded over the summer that was never released. So I'm going to release that before the end of the year. And that'll be great. And we're going to keep moving forward. And I have lately just been doing a lot of inventory. Kind of like when you clean out your closet every six months or so and you throw away the things that are no longer serving you. I have been in a process of taking inventory and lovingly letting go of The things that I needed during my trauma recovery that no longer serve me. So, I encourage you to do the same. You know, every six months or so, let's take some inventory of the self-care tools that we're using. Are they still working for us? Let's take inventory of the friends and the relationships that we have. Are all of those healthy? Are all of those serving us In the way that we can live our best lives if not i'm not saying you need to discard people but maybe you can go look at those seven elements of trust and see if there's a way to strengthen that relationship to make it better right or is there something new that you'd like to add in something you feel like is missing do you want to start a new kind of workout routine do you want to take up a new hobby do you want to volunteer? I know you do. Come on. Uh, so I think this inventory is really important. And same thing as when I'm cleaning out my closet, I gather all the stuff. I examine it. I say, do I want this anymore? Or as Marie Kondo would say, does this bring me joy? Let's Marie Kondo your mental health people. Okay. So get rid of all that stuff that doesn't bring you joy anymore. And maybe there's one shirt where you say, you know what? I haven't worn this in a few months, but I'm going to wear it tonight. Maybe that's the same thing for you. Maybe you used to journal every day and you haven't done it in a while and you want to get back into it. Today's your day. Get after it. So thank you as always for listening. I have so much more to share, but I think I will save that for another episode. Until next time. I just want to make sure that all of you are following, subscribing, sharing with your friends, because we're back, baby. I will be putting up episodes a lot more regularly. And in the new year, like I said, I'm going to be working towards building uh, that supportive, safe community that is not part of Facebook. So that'll be really cool. And so... If you want to follow me on social media, obviously, I've been your host, Kayla Dahl. I am at Kayla Dahl on all the things, K-E-I-L-A-D-O-L-L-E. You can read it in the description. I know it's a weird spelling. Or at cryingbehindpod is the show Instagram and facebook.com slash groups slash cryingbehindpod if you would like to join us in our support group that we have on Facebook right now. Until next time, stay cool. Stay present, stay sunny. (laughs)